Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 FM. Las Vegas, I'm joined as always by producer G. Hey Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Tuesday? You know what? Right now I'm on the IR, but other than that, I'm great. <laughs> Ow. Oh, I hope no. you're okay, G. Hey. Um, yeah, G. Hey has a back injury right now. Unfortunately, you know, G. Hey, there isn't much sports going on when NBA All Star Weekend ends. It's kind of a bland time. You know, I I I don't like this time of the year when we have those three days between the all-star weekend and new NBA games. No. Yeah. It, 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 it's this gap in the schedule where you're like, you're trying to figure out what to do. I'm watching Bravo and some other <laughs> reality television <laughs> shows, which G Hay knows a lot about. Um, but we do have some drama. Speaking of drama, speaking of Bravo, speaking of stuff that is like off the court. Um, I felt this and guys, we talked about this on the show yesterday and I was surprised that yesterday post the show and I'm not, giving myself any credit because again, like I'm not the only one who thought this. I felt during the all-star weekend in Cleveland, it was my, it was the first time that I felt since LeBron has been in Los Angeles that he did not feel a part of the Lakers. It felt very much like, you know, I'm, I'm like opening the door to coming back to Cleveland. I want to finish my career by playing with my son. And obviously the Lakers are not in position with their draft picks to uh, draft him. Um, you know, great job by Sam Presti in Oklahoma Great job by Kobe Altman with Cleveland. Like, this was all positioning himself towards leaving at some point. And when we were off the air yesterday, Mark Stein wrote about this. Brian Windhorse wrote about this. A lot of people touched on this, that this felt like LeBron James was positioning himself to leave the Lakers. Now, it's important to note that he has one year left on his contract. As we've realized in the NBA, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Obviously, he could work a trade. At this point, I guess let's begin here. At this point, what trade value, when you talk about LeBron going into the final year, this is his 20th season, by the way. This next season, this upcoming season, will be his 20th season in the league. He will turn 38 years old. Um so the Lakers, listen, I mean, it wouldn't perhaps be the worst thing in the world if, if you don't believe that the team is currently constructed can contend, which it obviously can't, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to do some kind of a fire sale situation. But what realistically, LeBron, one year left on his contract, what realistically could LeBron fetch the Lakers at this point? And would that be worth it? I don't think he could fetch a lot because – he only has one year left on his deal. So um, let's start with you, Armani Buckets. What could LeBron James, again, this would not happen this season. Obviously, we are past the trade deadline. But say we get to July, say we get to June some point this summer. Um, if the Lakers want to trade LeBron, again, going into the final year of his contract, year number 20 in the league, 38 years old, he will become next season. What could LeBron possibly fetch the Lakers 
first off, I think we, we would have to look at the Cleveland Cavaliers because I would assume that that would be his intended destination. Yeah. But, you know, who knows with LeBron? Yeah. So looking at Cleveland with one year left on his deal, let's say LeBron gives them a handshake, wink, wink agreement that he's going to resign. Would Cle- Cleveland, Evan Mobley is off the table 100%. That is yeah. a non-starter. Darius Garland. Would the Cavaliers give up their young star, all-star point guard for, you know, what, maybe two, three more years of LeBron? I don't know. I don't think I would do that personally, but, you know, who knows? He's like 20, probably 21, 22 years old. I think that we're looking at LeBron's value being a guy like a Jarrett Allen, a borderline all-star, a guy that yeah, might make two or three all-star teams in his career, but definitely not a top-end star. It's either got to be that or like three first-round picks because LeBron at this age, you can't rely on him year in and year out to be the same level of player that he's been. So that's, I would say, a borderline star-level player. In GA, like if you're Cleveland, like do you make that trade? Because here's the other thing LeBron said. He, He said two things. He said, number one, the door's not closed on me going back to Cleveland. Uh, you know, uh, that is something that could, pot- could potentially happen. The other thing he said is that when Bronny is in position to get drafted, again, he's a junior right now. He'll be playing his senior season next year. So when LeBron is free to go to whatever team he wants, Bronny will be available to go I- into the draft. I'm assuming he uh, we'll try to, uh, I, I think, no, I think he has to go to college for a year or has to take a year off or something. So, okay. So we're, we're still two years away from that happening. So LeBron is, it, LeBron is effectively saying that, okay, this upcoming season, I'm like under contract, whether it's with the Lakers, whether it's with another team, like after that, I'm going to sign probably another year with a team, a one plus one. And what he wants to do his final year, which would be, you know, I'm assuming year 20, you know, year 22 is I'm going to play with my son. So GA, would you, would you make a trade for LeBron? If you're a good young team like Cleveland is essentially knowing you only have him for two years, dependent upon if you can draft his son. I mean, I'm kind of torn to be honest with you. I mean, it's enticing because LeBron still has that allure, right? Of he's still a great player. Um, But to Armand's point, you're right. Like, can he be this consistent, great, grandiose player that we've come to expect from him? Um, and also, do you really want to break up that young team? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't. I'd want to keep that young team. And, like, let's let the – these veterans need to just let their roles kind of die, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, they need to just let these kids – let, let these kids play. Let these kids be our future. Let the like. Let's look at the NBA this way, where we can finally see like brand new stars uh, coming coming out. Um, I mean, you were they were young once, right? LeBron was young once. Dwayne Wade, etc. Like all these guys that are still in the league that are quote unquote veterans were all young once, and they were given an opportunity to shine and to you know vie for championships. Let's give these kids a chance to vie for championships and to become a a good team together. Like they're doing right now. I mean, that's what Evan Mobley and the Cavs are doing at this current moment in time. I mean, they're still, they're relatively young team that's coming together that nobody thought was going to be great. Right. So I say, let these kids play, man. Like LeBron, stay where you are. Enjoy, you know, your elderly years in the league and just, 
rise off into the sunset and be done. I, I just, I don't, I'm not with this whole like play. Granted, if you want to play with your son, great. I get that. But, you know, at the end of the day, don't dismantle a team just because of that. It seems kind yeah. of selfish. And to your guys' point, you know, because we've touched on it, how good Cleveland is this year. They are currently 35 and 23. They are only two and a half games back of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that, that really tells you this young Cavs team, again, going into this season, no one expected much of them. We, we knew that they were a good young team. They had the pieces in place. I don't think anyone had them as a top four seed, 35 and 23, two and a half, two and a half games back of the number one seed. So, I mean, it really shows you the job Cleveland has done to really put together a fine young team that, that should contend for the years to come. Um, so the, the unique thing about LeBron James is the way he's playing right now. You know, I mean, again, I've mentioned this before. Next year, he's next year he will be going into his 20th season in the league. He will be turning 38 years old in December next season. And just to give you some context on that, only, um, let's see, only five players have played past their 20th season. Um, And only one, Vince Carter, played 22 seasons. And of the players, and again, the players who played past their 20th season, only five are names that you guys have heard of before. It's Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Willis, Robert Parrish, and Vince Carter. It's important to note that only Dirk Nowitzki, and this is not a great stat line, but this is the best stat line of the of, of those five known players. Like when I say known, like the, you know, the the five players who have played past their 20th season are well known guys. Dirk Nowitzki had the best stat line of the group and this was the stat line in his final season year 21 7.3 points per game 3.1 rebounds and less than one assist per game effectively just a role player hanging on for year 21 that's not lebron what lebron's doing right now we've never seen before i mean the way he's taking care of himself the way he's in physical condition he is the tom brady of the league right now but where the nba is a little bit different is there's no rules in place to protect LeBron. You know, I mean, if LeBron wants to go to the basket, if he wants to grind it in the paint, if he wants to play aggressive, you know, there's there's no 15-yard penalty for essentially touching LeBron. So how much longer can LeBron do what he's doing? What he's doing this season, by the way, is amazing. I mean, if you told me the Lakers would be a below 500 team this year, I would have said, well, of course, like LeBron can only last so long. LeBron is averaging 29.1 points per game. That is the most that he has had in a season. Most he's averaged in a season since 2009-10, which was his last year during his first run with Cleveland. So this is before Miami. I mean, that is really incredible when you talk about what he's done. Effectively, he's had to do that with this team. But the question I guess I have for you guys in buckets, I'll start with you. I mean, at what point does he have to hit a wall? Because, again, when LeBron signed his current contract, I really thought this would be the end of the line for LeBron only because, listen, 20 years, what an incredible career to play 20 years in this league, 38 years old. Um, Apparently, the new goal for him is play until he's 40 years old play until his 22nd season and wait and so he could be teammates with his son. But um, at what point 
does LeBron make that transition? Because this would be weird to see LeBron like this. And I don't think we we will see him like this. But LeBron as the role player, LeBron as the player who's who has seven points, six assists, two boards. Like, I can't imagine LeBron playing if he's not LeBron James. Yeah, I can't imagine him playing as a role player either. I think the biggest thing right now is that you have guys in the league like LeBron, like Luka Doncic, that basically play point guard and have the ball 80% of the time offensively. If LeBron was to have that role taken away from him, which right now there's no way that he deserves to have that role taken away. But if he wasn't in that role, I wonder if he would still be enticed to play basketball. When will LeBron stop being the point guard of the team? I don't know. I think the answer is not soon because the thing is he hasn't really lost much athletically and what he has lost in speed He's gained in strength. He is one of the strongest dudes. He always was one of the strongest dudes in the league. But you combine his strength with his IQ, his game is really, it doesn't really matter how old he is because he combines those two factors to make him an unstoppable force. The thing is, though, if you were to take him to a team like Cleveland, Darius Garland is their point guard. Would LeBron be willing to play off the ball more? Because from the from the looks of it, LeBron wants to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time. That's why the Westbrook situation is not working out. So to answer your question, Arash, I think we still have a ways to go before LeBron hits that proverbial wall. I still yeah. think he's very much in the prime of his career. Which is incredible. You know, when you, you talk about being 37 years old, year 19, to still be putting up prime numbers. And again, to be putting up your highest average points since your first first run with Cleveland, not this most, not the most recent run. The this this first run is incredible. Um, so so I, I guess GA the question is like if LeBron's not done, if he's got four or five years left, and I don't know if he does. Again, when you hit that wall, you hit a smack down. I mean, you it just happens. Again, I mean, uh, it so. I'm not expecting LeBron to be playing like this for, for the foreseeable future. Would you make a deal for LeBron if you were to commit, if he were to say, hey, listen, Cleveland, you know, let's let's like the, the young core that you have in place. I believe in it. Um, I'm going to re retire here. I think that changes the dynamic a little bit, because for me, it's like, like I wouldn't be trading draft picks and young players for a one year uh, contract, but if he makes that agreement where not only is he back for a few years, but if he does something where this would have to be like an under the table handshake deal where like, okay, not only am I going to retire a calf, but like post career, I'm going to be helping out the team in some way, shape or form. Like I am now forevermore a Cleveland Cavalier. I mean, I don't think he needs to be traded in order to be known as that, but uh... Yeah, again, I'm torn. I'm torn. I think this is extremely, like, if this does happen, I think this is an extremely selfish move to all these kids. So, I mean, if they do it, I get it. You know, I mean, he's LeBron James, right? Like, he's, who says no to LeBron James? I mean, obviously the Lakers didn't. Miami didn't. Cleveland didn't when they brought, when they took him back and he left in the fashion that he did. So, you know, it's, it's very highly possible that this might be a backdoor alley kind of deal. Um, where he ends up being a calf. I mean, I can see it. I, do do yeah. you take him? Sure. 
I, I mean, like Armand said, he, you know, he's getting stronger and his, for some odd reason at like 38 years old, when everybody's career normally is in the, on the decline. I mean, he, he is the Tom Brady equivalent, right? In the yeah. NBA, right? Where we're seeing that he's getting better and he's not getting worse. You know, he's not declining. He's like, he's on the incline. So yeah, I mean, do you take him? Sure. Why not? I mean, it's still LeBron James. He still holds that cachet of being LeBron James. So you know, and if you get his kid in the process, maybe even better. As I like Bronny, I like Bronny as a player. I think he can he can definitely contribute, and he can definitely uh, add to the team. And maybe this will be a good like little stepping stone for his for Bronny to uh, join the league and kind of get his feet wet initially, and then at, at thereafter maybe he'll be an amazing player. So. Um, you never know. I guess time is going to tell with this one uh, because he still has that one year and um, we're not in that trade de- deadline area yet. All right. So now so let's, yes. let's, so yes, yeah. take, take him is I yeah, guess what so, um, my answer is. So let's now put the Lakers hat on. Let's put on our Rob Palinka, Jeannie Buss, Linda Rambis, Kurt Rambis hat on and figure out, okay, is this relationship salvageable? I think at the very least, LeBron is saying what he's saying because the Lakers are in a mess right now. This team does not fit together. The pieces do not fit together. LeBron's not happy that no moves were made at the trade deadline. He's very unhappy that in a year where he's averaging 29.1 points per game, that the Lakers are the ninth seed right now. They may not even make that play-in tournament. If they do, they're probably going to be done before the actual playoffs begin. Can the Lakers salvage this? And so let me throw this out to you guys. Would you trade multiple? Because here's the thing. The Lakers were kind of tied to only to only offering one future first-round pick. That was their 2027 first-round pick. This summer they can package Russell Westbrook, which would be an expiring contract at that point. He only have one year left on his deal. Multiple, perhaps two first-round picks, and Taylor Horton Tucker, the 21-year-old Taylor Horton Tucker. So you're really at that point, I mean, you've, you've really mortgaged your future to win that one title in 2020. Now you're really going all in if you're saying, okay, well, we're going to you know trade multiple first, 21-year-old, Taylor Horton Tucker, and again, the Lakers loved him, love him, you know, but to to whatever extent, he's still as highly thought of. Do you do that deal? So, Buckets, do you do, you do let's say, two first-round picks, THT, and, and Russell Westbrook? Again, you, you would have to get a superstar in return just to even make the contract work because, again, Russell Westbrook is making $47 million next season. I want to say no. It does depend on who that player would be. Yeah. But I don't think it would net you anything of value. And I don't, the Lakers have dug themselves into such a catastrophic hole already to dig yourselves even further in that hole. Could you imagine what the team would look like in like 2028 when all these guys are gone and you have no future assets? I mean, it would get really bleak. I mean, that's the problem that they have right now, right? Is that, is that, okay, so they're struggling. They're not a good team. They may not make the playoffs this year. And the only benefit you have to be a bad team is, okay, like, let's build through the draft. Let's, you know, build through the process and things like that. The Lakers mortgage their entire future on the belief that not only will they win multiple championships with LeBron and Anthony Davis, 
But Anthony Davis and perhaps another star will take over the torch and move on, and they will still be a competitive team. If Anthony Davis is effectively this guy who's going to get hurt consistently, which, again, people had talked about before, and I just wanted to believe it was bad luck. And, of course, it is still bad luck, but it's happening consistently with him. If so, if this is the beginning of this next dark period for the Lakers, where at least previously there was some hope in the first round draft picks, as bad as the Lakers were, at least they had their their uh, draft picks. And if they don't even have that moving forward, that's where it gets really tough for the Lakers. Okay, we're, let's leave it there for now. We have a lot more to get into because this is – okay, we don't have games, but we do have drama. There's a lot of dra- drama happening with LeBron James. Is he going to leave? Is he going to force his way um, – will LeBron James force his way out of Los Angeles? A lot to get into, so we'll get into that more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. And now... Let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, we have a lot of great ways for... The listeners out there to contact us, we have a hotline that you guys can call in, leave your opinions. Uh, that number, 310-400-0340. That number again, through you. That number is 310-400-0340. Gee, uh, hey, we also have an email. And I think we got a few that we've been keeping for a while just because uh, we, ha- we haven't done this segment in quite some time. Yes, uh, you guys can email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W for those that don't have spell check at gmail.com. Um, first question comes from uh, Aaron. Sorry, I'm... Aaron Yorger, I, I don't, I don't want to butcher it, but um, yeah. So Aaron Yorger uh, from Westchester, he said he asks, do Laker fans have any reason for optimism in this year's team after the injury to AD? I don't think there's a lot of optimism left for this team. I think the only optimism you had is that listen, that that if they're fully healthy. Maybe they can get a good positioning for that play-in tournament, and maybe they can win that game and find a way to get into to the playoffs. And if they get into the playoffs, go up against a Suns team that, by the way, like no one's really talking about this, and we'll, we can we can touch on this here. Like if Chris Paul's really going to be out for two months, I mean, and he for, per, perhaps misses the first round of the playoffs, I mean, that would be an opportunity for the Lakers to, if they played them, 
maybe win that <laughs> win that playoff series. But um, there's not a lot of optimism I have. I mean, the other thing is we've seen this Lakers team healthy. We've seen them healthy, and they are a 500 team when they're healthy. Maybe a couple of games above. I mean, I, I you know we've seen LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook enough to know that that it's not like if they're healthy, this is the best team in the league. I felt that a year ago, and I kept saying that. Last year with the Lakers, I said, listen, if LeBron's healthy, if Anthony Davis is healthy, they were the number two seed in the league when they were healthy, they, they were playing well, but they were just never healthy. We've seen the, these the, this team healthy. They're just not a good team. So I really don't believe uh, that when they're healthy, they're a good team. And obviously when they're not healthy, when, when, when um, Anthony Davis is going to be out for at least another month, there's no optimism left with this team. I completely agree. I mean, the sample size is too large right now. It's just, it's, it is what it is at this point. The season is not really salvageable. The only way you mentioned it, Arash, that to me it's salvageable is if they just have injuries go, I guess, their way. I don't like to say injuries can go any team's way, but if other teams get hurt, that might crack the door open slightly, but let's not pretend ourselves. AD is out for at least a month and that's until he gets reevaluated. So that might be, you know, a season ending injury type of situation. The only thing that I will say is if LeBron can somehow play like the best player on the planet, I would say that they have a chance to at least make the playoffs, get past the playing tournament and make it at least an exciting first round matchup. But even yeah. then I wouldn't pick them to win in the first round. No. In terms yeah. of, yeah. In terms of um, when, when you look at the rest of the Western conference right now, the Lakers, you could make an argument that they can compete with a team like a Utah or something. But the thing is right now, the way that they're positioned, they are going to play Phoenix or golden state if they make it to round one. So that doesn't look like a very likely scenario for them to be able to move on past round one. Yeah, I mean, I think that due to all the due to the consistency of his injuries, I just th this year's it's it's gone, it's over. You know, like, like it's it's kind of a, in my opinion, at least for the Lakers, it's kind of a wrap. Like you're gonna have to look, you should be looking towards next year. You shouldn't be looking towards um this year. Uh, thank you so much for that question. So we're gonna move forward to. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to. Look, we haven't done this segment in forever, by the way, uh, so I apologize ahead of time, everybody. Um, Timothy Redding from Inglewood, who asks, do you think uh, the Ben Simmons situation will work well for Brooklyn? I can't imagine it working well this year. I mean, he hasn't played. He hasn't really practiced. He hasn't really done a whole lot, and we're 60 games into the season. So, like, I, I can't imagine in the short term this year it being great. I, I do uh, think for the Nets – it's good that they got that, that 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 they moved on past James Harden. James Harden uh, did not want to be there, so you don't want to have a player on your team that doesn't want to be there. So, I do think Ben Simmons will be a great addition to the to the Brooklyn uh, Nets in the future. This particular season, I can't imagine him helping them a ton. Um, the Nets are a really interesting team moving forward, though. Like when you look at like next year, like if if we're past the vaccine mandates and things like that. I mean, if, Ky if Kyrie's back on a 100% full-time basis, if Kevin Garnett's healthy, if Ben Simmons is like, you know, so someone that they can, if, they if, if Ben Simmons is someone that they can rely on, it's going to be a very interesting team. But 
This season, short term, I don't think Ben can help them out a ton. If if that's the take that you have, Rosh, does that mean that you don't see the Nets making it past round one? Oh, uh, what's the first round? I mean, I, I think that they're a good team, but I don't think that they're a championship team. I don't think they'll make it to, to the conference final. So I think that they can win round one. I don't think they're as good as the Sixers. I don't think they're as good as Milwaukee. No, I, you know what? Yeah, I don't see them <laughs> going past round one. No. Personally, the thing with me with Ben Simmons is with those scores on the team, just tell him to play defense and occasionally bring the ball up in transition. If he can buy into that, I think it fits well. I don't know if it'll work this year. The Nets have dug themselves, just like the Lakers, into a tremendous hole. They're in like eighth or ninth place. And again, the vaccine mandates with Kevin Durant's injury, with um, with Ben Simmons' situation, they're going to be playing like Seth Curry, Andre Drummond lineups for the majority of the regular season. Yeah, I don't think it's very salvageable either. But you know, could you imagine an uh, an eight seeded Nets versus let's say one seeded Miami Heat in round one? That would be incredibly epic. No, oh, yeah, it would be it would be amazing. Yeah, no, I um I personally think um yeah with. Uh, I don't know. Ben Simmons is, and I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this, but Ben Simmons for me is just not somebody that I think is going to pan out regardless of whether he's happy or he's not. Um, you know, hopefully he totally shocks me um, and he does really well in Brooklyn. Uh, but you're right with the vaccine mandates and with um, everything that's going on in New York right now, I just, and um, with COVID and their uh, restrictions, I don't, I don't know how great this is going to be for the, for this team. But um, but again, he's still young, so you know. I guess time will just tell on this one. Um, and if he's happy, because that was the other contention, right? He wasn't happy in Philly. He didn't want to be there. Uh, same thing with Harden. Like they both just didn't want to be in their in their situations. Which, by the way, I think is kind of ridiculous. Like, didn't you move initially because you were ba- you weren't happy in one city, or you weren't happy with the organization in one said city, and now you're not happy again? So, like. What's gonna make these guys happy? Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah. frustrating. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, well, thank you so much, Timothy, for that question. We're gonna move forward to Logan West from Hawthorne, who asks, "Who do you think is better? Is the better team? Sorry, after the trade, Brooklyn or Philly?" I think Philadelphia in the short term. I think Philadelphia with James Harden and uh, Joel Embiid. Listen, Joel Embiid is the most valuable player of the year candidate right now. So I think you pair him with a motivated, at least in the short term, motivated James Harden. That's going to be a, a, a championship team. I think now Philadelphia, in my mind, goes head to head with Milwaukee. And I know I'm leaving out a, a lot of good teams. You know, you talk about Chicago, Cleveland, Miami. But I think, you know, when I look at the Eastern Conference, I look at Philadelphia and uh Milwaukee right now contending for that conference. So, yes, in the short term this year, Philadelphia. Long term, I still like the Nets. I still like the Nets. The the thing with me with the Harden and Embiid thing is that with the way Joel Embiid is playing right now, James Harden has to understand that this is Joel Embiid's team. And I don't want to even get into 1A, 1B. To me, it's Joel Embiid is number one and you are number two. And that's not a knock on Harden. It's just the reality of the fact is that this man cannot stay healthy. And when he is healthy this season, he has not looked like the same player. I mean, 
you look around the league and maybe this is not just a Harden thing. Maybe this is a rules thing still because the guy hasn't had a lot of chances to get acclimated this season due to injury. But I mean, other star players in the league like Damian Lillard have struggled. With that being said, Joel Embiid is not struggling at all. This is his team and this should be his show going forward. And if Harden wants to dribble, dribble, dribble 80, 85% of the game, I don't think it would work that well. I think that you have to let Embiid get his uh, post touches and let Harden play a little bit more off the ball. So with that being said, I don't know if that'll work because Harden has never really shown the ability to play off the ball. I would take the Nets because I think that they have a more cohesive unit. I mean, I wouldn't count Joel out, though, in its entirety. I mean, the way that he's been balling out, I you know, th- this team could possibly come together because they have that other missing piece in Harden. And Har- if Harden's actually happy, I mean, we've seen what he can do. Um, again, I'm just not a huge Ben Simmons fan. I just don't, like, I, defensively, he has obviously shown us that he can play and he can be a factor, but that was so long ago. I feel like that was just so long ago, right? That was, what was that, two years ago that, that happened? Yeah. So, um, you know, that he was he was a factor and that he was quote-unquote happy. So, I mean... If I if I had to pick, I'll take Philly, um, just because Joel is playing out of his mind, and I think that um, once they maybe get Harden, maybe he will be that other dynamic factor that that Philly possibly needs because Joel can't carry this whole entire team on his back. And maybe if Harden is dribble dribble dribbling, you know, it, it might not necessarily be a bad thing for this team. So mm. um, and hitting it from the outside and doing what he does because uh, Harden still has the ability to be a champ. And whereas I just don't see Ben Simmons in that light. Um, well, thank you so much for that question. Tim, uh, Logan, sorry. Uh, we're going to go to the last question from Ruben Mark Marquina from Compton, um, who actually asked us, this was a old email, um, <laughs> regarding, uh, uh, the Rams. And, uh, uh, so it's a football question. So I, this is kind of a back in the day question. Um, he did this during uh, the Super Bowl week, so I'm just trying to get his question answered. He says, first time emailer, love the show. Thank you so much, Ruben. Um, now that the Rams have made it to the big game, what are your thoughts on the signing, if they signed Todd Gurley? So this is just a, <laughs> if they had signed him, what what would you guys think? Wait, Todd, if, if they had signed Todd Gurley before the year or like... Uh... No, 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 no. So like for the big game. like So we know that like, you know, you got... You know, some guys out of retirement that came came back to come and help. Uh, what if they got Todd Gurley in for the Super Bowl? Um, do you think that they would need him? He says um, no. in the email, he says, I get that they don't need him, but I think it would be cool for him to get a chance to get a ring. After all, after all he was a huge reason for them having early success when they returned to L.A. Yeah, what do you no, think? listen, I mean, this is not a, a, a charity situation with, uh, with uh, um, Eric Weddle. Like they needed a safety, they needed someone. They, they, they. I don't think Todd Gurley played in the NFL last year, so I, I don't know what kind of a, a contract that that would have been um, in terms of like a one day. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment, perhaps, but it doesn't make any sense to um, to sign someone who's hasn't played. Like he, like he would not have helped at all. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Like, uh, at the end of the day, when was the last time that we saw Todd Gurley play? You know, I mean, at least Weddle, he wasn't really that far removed 
Well, right? yeah, not like only had, that, like he had, he was a starter and a captain two years ago, and he led the team in tackles a couple of playoff games. I mean, he was second in the team in tackles. So, I mean, he actually contributed. Like, there would be no scenario where Todd Gurley, who, by the way, was a shell of himself three years ago in the Super Bowl. That was sort of like the beginning of the end of his career. Like, no, I mean, listen, I, I, I would have gotten Todd Gurley a ticket to the game, a sideline pass. Like, I don't – like, we're not – like – you need those positions like like every roster spot is so valuable so i this is not um you know i i guess i understand the sentiment but doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense to sign a guy who hasn't again he didn't even play last year he didn't he, he, he wasn't even in the league um but yeah listen we definitely want to hear uh from you guys moving forward in terms of uh these uh segments so whether that's through email, whether that's through phone call. Again, we have um, we have the hotline number 310-400-0340. And during the course of, of, of the year, we, we definitely want to hear from you guys and want you guys to be a part of the show. Um, so, yeah, let's definitely uh, – so um, do that moving forward. Um, let me throw this one at you. Guys, before we, uh, you know, the last few minutes of the uh, show today, who has the best chance of bringing home a championship to Los Angeles this year, or who has a chance to have uh, the longest playoff run, uh, the Clippers or the Lakers? Oh, it's the Clippers all day. Yeah. No no question. No question whatsoever, especially the way that they're playing and the way that they play as a cohesive unit. It's the Clippers. I would agree. You are one of the I, I completely agree <laughs> with that. And the thing is that Chris Haynes reported in the Clippers last game, Paul George is probably nearing a return. Who knows with Kawhi? This Clippers team is still a team that you. I don't think you can rule them out this season because we don't know what's going on with their two stars. But, I mean, without the two stars, they're a more cohesive unit, and they look better than the Lakers probably. Yeah, listen, I mean, if you add Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to this particular team, I think you have one of the best teams in the league. And the fact that you can get the Clippers right now at 100 to 1 is incredible. And I think that 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 says a lot about more about like the way people bet in Vegas. There's a lot more Laker fans in uh, Vegas and around the country, not just in Vegas, but really like, around the world, than Clippers fans. And I get it. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, if, the, if this Cl- Clippers team that has come back from 25 points down, more than 25 points down multiple times this year, if they can get Kawhi Leonard back, if they can get Paul George back, this team can do some serious damage in the postseason. I mean, you, you're talking about if the Clippers were healthy a year ago, and I still say this, if they were healthy a year ago, I think the Clippers would have won the NBA championship because I certainly think that they would have been the Phoenix Suns without Kawhi Leonard. Without Kawhi Leonard, who was having a historic postseason, they pushed the Phoenix Suns to six games. I think that they beat the Suns, and I think with Kawhi, with Paul George, with the team that they had last year, they win the the championship. So if you add Kawhi and Paul George to this team right now, Moving forward this season, again, you just have to get into that play-in tournament. You get into the play-in tournament, you win that game, and you get into the postseason, it is zero and zero at that point. Who cares what seed you are? Seeding does not matter at that point because the fact of the matter is the, the Clippers with Kawhi 
the Clippers with uh, Paul George, they're not a seven seed. They're not an eight seed. No one would want to play that team because if the Clippers are fully healthy, they are one of the best teams in the league. So that is still an amazing value. Currently speaking, in Vegas, you can get the Clippers at 101 to win the championship. And again, you know, a lot of people in Los Angeles are going to scoff at that because they're, they're talking about the Lakers. They're talking about, uh, you know, the problems with LeBron and what LeBron's going to do. Right now, sitting here today, the Clippers are 30 and 31. The Lakers are 27 and 31. Amazingly, Portland, by the way, only two and a half games back of the Lakers uh, for that number nine seed. I think the Lakers will for sure make it into that play-in tournament because of where they are right now. Uh, you know the way things are, are, are the way things are shaping up. The San Antonio Spurs are twenty-three and thirty-six. Uh, I don't think that they're going to catch the Lakers or Portland uh, for one of the for the ninth or the tenth seed. By the way, the Lakers are so lucky that they even have a play-in tournament right now because they they would not make the playoffs if the season were to be done today. But the first game that we get back on Friday night post. The all-star break is the Lakers going up against the Clippers. And if the Clippers find a way to win that game, improve to 31 and improve to 31 and 31 back to 500. Um, I just like the Clippers because again, like everyone keeps saying that the Clippers are going to find a way at some point to get Paul George back and to get Kawhi back. And if you talk about this particular group of guys who again, believe in each other, have have fought through again coming back from 25 points down multiple times playing for Ty Lue. if this if this group which they all get their roles they're all trying to just hold down the fort until Kawhi and Paul George get back and there again there was no promise that those guys would come back if if they can just hold down the fort get into the playoffs and they get Kawhi back they get Paul George back they get two of the top 10 players when they're healthy back Watch out. This team could make a surprising run. So when everyone's talking about all the teams out West, if the Clippers get healthy at the right time and you get a fully, you want to talk about load management, that about Kawhi having a full year's worth of rest and Paul George back, watch out. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.